as high priest of the good things to come with a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is not of this creation not with the blood of goats and calves but with his own blood he entered the holy the most holy place once for all having obtained eternal redemption for if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of the heifer sprinkling the, un the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God and for this reason he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance for where there is a testament there must also be necessity there must also of necessity be the death of a testator and a testament is in force after men are dead since it has no power at all while the testator lives therefore not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood for when moses has spoken every has spoken every precept to all the people according to the law he took the blood of calves and, and goats with water scarlet wool hyssop and hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people saying this is the blood of the covenant which god has commanded you then likewise he sprinkled with with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry and according to the law almost all things are purified with blood and without shedding of the blood there is no remission therefore it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these for Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands which are copies of the true but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us not that we should offer himself not that he should offer himself often as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood of another he then will have heard 
to suffer often since the foundation of the world, but now, once and at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many, to those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time, apart from sin for salvation. Amen. Uh, I tell you what, I read through this and I was saying that who is the writer? Uh, is it Paul or another disciple? thought-provoking but hard to understand. However, we know that this passage is talking about the Old Testament sacrifice and the New Testament sacrifice. The Old Testament sacrifice is that of goats and bulls and calves. The New Testament sacrifice is Christ the son of the living God himself. And so we know that the yearly sacrifice that actually will be done by the priest because it's meant only for one year, you know, is still being done till today. But the new sacrifice, the new covenant covered by the blood of Jesus Christ is offered once and for all. Now, if someone will ask you what the blood of Jesus Christ does for the believer, what would be your answer? What does the blood of Jesus Christ do for the believer? And um, I will actually want the uh, man upstairs to please be alert because will have Bible passages to back this up. The first thing I believe is that the blood of Jesus Christ is for the remission of sins, to remit sins. Is that all right? Huh? We do it on, this, on the day of um, the, the, the Lost Supper. Huh? Without the shedding of the blood, there's no remission of sin. And this can be found in Matthew chapter 26, Matthew 26, verse 28. For this is my blood of the new what? covenant, which is shed for many, for what? For the remission of sins. It's meant for the remission of sins. And then the blood of Jesus Christ gives life. The blood of Jesus Christ gives life. John 6 53 John 6:53 When Jesus then Jesus said to them Most assuredly I say to you unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood you have no life in, in you The blood of Jesus gives life 
He died that we actually may live. And then the third thing is, it is the means by which Jesus purchased the church. Jesus purchased the church by his blood. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Acts 20, 28. Therefore, take heed of yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. That is why when we come together like this, we cannot just do anything here. We cannot just do anything we like here. The blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed you and has, he has purchased you. You are not of your own again. You are bought with a price. And that price, you can never pay back. And um, it is important for us to know who we are. Then we are atoned by the blood of Christ through faith. Um, we, we can read that in Romans 3, 25. The fifth one, the blood justifies us and saves us from wrath. The blood saves us from wrath. Satan will want to you know, put a lot of trouble on us. He will want to put us in bondage. But according to Romans chapter 5, verse 9, Romans 5, 9, see, much more than having been justified by the blood, we shall be saved from wrath from him. Saved from wrath, saved from punishment, saved from condemnation. And that is actually what the blood does. And again, the blood, well, when we say remission, you can say redeems us. The blood redeems us. Ephesians 1, 7. Then again, the blood draws us closer to God. Ah, this one is important. The blood draws us closer to God. And that can be found in Ephesians 2.13. Ephesians 2.13, please. Ah, by, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We were aliens before, strangers to God. But the blood of Jesus shed on, on Calvary has brought us closer to God. Is that not a wonderful thing? Then it grants us forgiveness of sins that we know he came to do. Colossians 1.14, it grants us forgiveness of sins. Then again, it brings peace and reconciliation to God. Peace and reconciliation to us, to God. Colossians 1.20. 1.20. And by him, to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. So we see here that the, the death of Christ on the cross of Calvary has turned everything around. 
So we cannot in any way just belittle it. Um, I have about um, 10 more to go. Now, the blood also cleanses our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. We read about that in um, Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verse, uh, sorry, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12. Hebrews 9, 12. That um, yes, sorry. Hebrews nine fourteen, Hebrews nine fourteen is where we read it from. Cleansing a conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And um, then again, we see that by the blood we enter the most holy place with boldness. By the blood of Jesus, we enter the most holy place with boldness. Once, only the priest who had sanctified himself, who had separated himself, could enter the Holy of Holies. But now, everything is open to us because of the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ. Then again, you know, it speaks better things on our behalf than the blood of Abel. The blood of Jesus speaks better things on our behalf than the blood of Abel. I think we've explained this before some years ago. The blood of Abel, you know, being righteous before God and was killed without any justification, that blood was crying out for revenge. Jesus Christ, the most holy, the most righteous, was killed without any cause but rather than crying out for vengeance was pleading our case asking God to forgive us so we see that um, uh, the blood of Jesus Christ was actually there to make us to be acceptable before God instead of being murderous and having to be given the curse of Cain Jesus Christ had pleaded our case and we are acceptable before God. The blood, uh, and that passage, sorry, is Hebrews 12, 24. Hebrews 12, 24. Um, then the blood sanctifies us. The blood sanctifies us. Hebrews 13, 12. Then the blood makes us complete for every good work, the blood of Jesus Christ makes us complete for every good work. That is Hebrews 13, 20, and 21. The blood cleanses us from all sin. The blood cleanses us from all sin. That is 1 John 1, 7. It is the means, by the means of the blood of Jesus Christ that we are washed from all stain, according to he, uh, Revelation 1, 5. Then lastly, it is by the blood we overcome the accuser of the brethren. Wonderful. That passage is he, uh, Revelation 12, 11. By the shedding of the blood, and of course by our testimony, we overcome 
the accuser, Satan. And um, by this, we can come before God justified. Then one will actually want to ask, why the blood? Why the blood? The day man can make a drop of blood, of human blood, that is, huh? I'm not too so, I don't think they can make even animal blood. Abi, doctor. The day man can make blood, one drop of blood, that day, huh? sincerely, man becomes God. Life is in the blood. We can make mannequins, we can make, you know, robots and so on and so forth. They can talk uh, and so on and so on and, and even move uh, like um, a robot, uh, what, cops? Uh, 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 I, I, I know Hollywood made that one uh, <laughs> and things like that. But the blood that is in mosquito Man cannot make it. Do all the chemistry you can. Life is in the blood. In the Old Testament times, we see that the uh, priest will enter the Holy of Holies and there he will sprinkle the blood of an animal uh, on behalf of the nation so that the nation can actually be um, forgiven of their sins for that year. And on what will he sprinkle the blood? On the box of the covenant. That is the ark of the covenant. The covenant that God had made with Israel. And there he will sprinkle it. And there he will atone for the sins of the people but we see here that um, as we have it in Levit Leviticus 17.11 Leviticus 17.11 for the life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Now, in this passage, who is talking? Who is talking? God. God is talking, not Moses. God is saying, I provided you even the goat or the calf or whatever is used for the sacrifice because the blood that is in that animal is provided for by me. To atone for your sins. God makes the provision. And then secondly, the blood is a sacrifice for uh, uh, price-paying act. For price-paying act. In the sense that without the shedding of the blood, there is no remission of sin. So the blood that is shed is actually looked upon as the price for all the sins that Israel had committed. Now, remember this. Sin is a problem. 
Sin is a problem, and the blood is the remission. Sin brings death, but blood is life. And in order for us, or for the Old Testament people especially, to be um, ransomed, to be bought back, they, a life had to be given to bring about life. But that is every year. In Jesus Christ, we see that the sinless Savior offering his, his blood by shedding his blood on, on Calvary gave his own life for our death so that we may live. And so we cannot belittle the blood that was shed on, on Calvary. We cannot. Then again, we see that in order for anybody to attain eternal life, you must come to this fountain of the blood, to the fountain of the blood of Jesus Christ. Anyone that would refuse to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is dead to his sin. But coming to Jesus Christ, we see that we receive redemption, we receive adoption, we receive forgiveness, we receive the things that Christ, I mean, God himself has made ready for us, even in Christ Jesus. And so, um, it is important that when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, uh, we need to know that much has actually been done for us. The kingdom of darkness has been taken away from us. We are now in the kingdom of God. Now, you will note that some things happened apart from the nailing of Christ Jesus on the cross that brought about blood. Where did the blood shed start from? Can anybody answer that question? The, the, the shedding of Christ's blood, where did it start? Huh? Where? Now, if you know the answer, let me actually see you. Mrs. Dogo? Garden of Eden. I will say Garden of Gethsemane. Garden of Gethsemane. You, you did well. Garden of Gethsemane. You know what? The Bible tells us that while he was praying with much agony, huh? what happened? Sweat and we were told that some of the, um, I don't know what they call is it veins or whatever, you know, um, blood something, mixed with sweat came down. Right there, the Lord Jesus Christ actually was praying for man. The most important um, thing we need to remember about sin uh, is that sin is rebellion. Sin is rebellion. But in the Garden of Gethsemane, what happened? Jesus Christ prayed against rebellion by saying, uh, Hey, not my will, but thine. Not my will, but your will. 
Right there and then, rebellion was actually defeated. And if we, as his disciples, will now pray, it is important for us to now pray, not commanding God as to having our desires met, but praying for his will to be done. The high priest, the, uh, the, the high priest prayer is actually said by Jesus Christ. The blood shed in the garden of Gethsemane had a purpose so that our will will not in any way be done always. Now, what about the thorn, uh, the, the crown of thorn on his head? What does that signify? Huh? Uh, the crown of thorn was placed on his head not just as a decoration but it signifies uh, the curse when Adam sinned according to Genesis chapter 3 verse 18 uh, God cursed the land and said thorns and thistles will do what? Will grow. The thorn that Christ that was put on the, on the head of Christ is a way of removing the curse from us so that that which actually was pronounced has now been a bygone. Yes, we need to also till, till the ground till now. Alright? But one thing is sure, we labor now not under curse, but under the blessings of God, that whatever we plant, whatever we do, will not be out of curse, because Christ has removed our curse. Then we know that before he was um, taken to um, um, the Golgotha or Calvary, uh, the Bible says that he was beaten. And in the book of Isaiah 53, verse uh, 5, we're told that by his stripes we have been healed. The many beating that he received at his back, well, I know that um, the um, other um, something movie that was produced by Hollywood, um, what do you call that one now? Huh? The, passion, the passion of Christ. We'll see that even all over his body there were, you know, cuts and, and, and so on and so forth. That uh, will live, you know, for Hollywood. But one thing that is there is that he was beaten and, um, and all the stripes that actually he received, we are healed by the blood that came out from his body. We are healed of our diseases. And the major area of healness for us is not only the body or soul of our spirit. And it, it touches our attitude and it touches our relationships. It touches our attitudes and it touches our relationships. Sickness and grief are the result of sin. 
but the blood of Jesus Christ redeems us from the penalty of sin. And of course, lastly, the nailing of Christ on the cross of Calvary uh, is the completion of the work of redemption, whereby he was restricted on the wood by the nailing that we may be released from bondage. And by the shedding of the blood from his palm and from the feet, and of course we've talked about uh, the one uh, um, on his head, and also the piercing of his side, we see that everything actually uh, amounts to the fact that the work of salvation had been made complete. Now, now it is important also that we go back a little to the book of Numbers. In the book of Numbers, chapter 20, we're told about the children of Israel going from, the, um, from Egypt to the promised land. And they got to a place called Edom. Now, getting there, they were bitten by poisonous snakes. Not just, it wasn't just natural. They rebelled against God. They sinned against God, even while on the way. And when they got to Edom, because they had no bread to buy, no water to buy, because God said that the land actually belongs to Esau, and he had given that to Esau. And therefore, whatever they will buy must actually be paid for by, uh, with money. Now, when they were hungry, they were very much bitter, and they blamed God, and they blamed Moses. Snakes came because of their rebellion. But something happened. Snake is biting them. But God told Moses to make a bronze snake. And he did, and he hung it on the, on the tree, on the pole. And whoever is beaten by the snake here, looking at the bronze snake, one will actually look and say, what, what, what has that got? God ordered it. And the poison of the snake here on the land will not have effect. But some people, of course, refused to look. And they died. The same thing is true concerning Jesus. And he said that as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And whoever will look upon him shall be saved. Have you truly looked up on Jesus? Or you just believe that because um, you came from a Christian home? It is important. Because your father was saved from the snake bite after looking at the uh, bronze snake does not mean that the, the, the child will be saved by not looking because the father has looked. Each one of us must look on Jesus Christ. To end this quickly, to end this particular part of the um, 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 lesson, I want to ask you a question. Pleading the blood of Jesus Christ 
of, 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 of what effect is it? I'll give you an example because I need to actually make it, you know, plain. When uh, you buy a car, a car, and then you pray and then you say, I plead the blood of Jesus upon this car. Hmm? When you buy a house, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon this house. When you are traveling, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon the road. Huh? Is it all right? How many of us believe it's all right? Good. How many of us say that it's, it's not? It's not? You know something? I believe that the way faith works, only God understands it. Only God understands it. I read the two parts of the, um, of the argument. Some say that, some scholars say that you cannot in any way plead the blood of Jesus Christ on, you know, um, objects without life. The blood of Jesus Christ is actually for man. Huh? For you. Christ did not die for table. He did not die for house. He did not die for, you know, whatever, whatever. But the truth of the matter is this. Does the road you want to travel through affect you? Sometimes we want to play God. We think actually that we know more than God. And that is why it is not always right for you to condemn something that you don't do because others do it. Now, history can have it that yes, this particular claiming the blood of Jesus Christ for all this uh, objects and so on and so forth started with um, the, a group called um, um, the um, let, me, let me actually uh, see the leaders of the work of faith movement leaders of the work of faith movement I don't know their um, denomination that they founded but that is actually what work of faith movement now they believe that claiming the blood of Jesus Christ on all these things has a way of really protecting you. And I want to actually agree with that. No matter what um, you know, my own belief may be. Uh, let me ask you, when the blood of the Passover uh, was rubbed uh, or was used. On what did they put it? Huh? Doorpost. How come it wasn't on human beings? On doorpost. And the angel of death saw it and did what? Passed over. It is important for us to know that faith works, you know, in dimensions that we cannot understand. I love the hymn that, um, you know, we have written 
in the book of uh, in, in our hymn book 337 I know not how the spirit moves I know I don't know how the spirit moves convincing men of sin and therefore you don't know what words can actually do the only thing about it is this huh? if we use it as magic as if we are doing incantation then something is wrong because prayer is not meant really to twist the hand of God prayer is to seek for his will and to make our desires known and then God will do what he pleases now when the woman with the issue of blood was going to Jesus what did she want to touch huh cloth hem of the garment how come after all the physical Jesus was there but faith moved her to saying if even does the hem of his garment alone I'll be healed and what happened she was healed so please don't let us condemn what we may not be practicing we are not God we are not God God has his way of actually knowing how deep our faith is and um, I remember the story of um, um, the young people that were in the car and uh, wanting to go and um, enjoy themselves and guess what uh, the mother said look I, I, I would like to go with you because I, I, I don't like you going, going by yourself they said uh, look there's no chance even for God in this vehicle maybe in the boot you, you know the end of the story that the vehicle had an accident and they all died but the eggs huh, the back of the boot not one got broken so please huh, let us exercise our faith the way we want claim the blood of Jesus Christ and let the blood you know atone for you and speak on your